0: This is Sarah Bowen Shea live on a stage in Spokane, Washington, with several of my delightful co-hosts. Um, starting from uh, my right is Amanda Loudon. Hello, Amanda. Hi. How are you? Good. And here is Dimity McDowell in the flesh next to me. Hola, hola. Yes. And here is lovely MK Fleming coming up on 20 Weeks Pregnant. Is that right? Thank God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very good. So uh, tomorrow is a big day. We are here at our retreat. Um, it is the 22nd as we record this. Yeah, September 22nd. And tomorrow is the Happy Girls Race, which is one of the big reasons why we have convened here. So we're going to talk about how to rock your race. Whatever your goal is, you're going to rock it. And we just decided that there will be a lot of, of um, hopefully uh, insightful At pieces of advice that we could share and so we're going to share them so um we like to have a little system so we're going to stack it up as um pre-race during the race and post-race and um i don't know should we start with a little chit chat maybe sure let's chit chat away yeah 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 so um I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys have do like that like sit-up?
1: What are you guys like like
2: have like <laughs> lately? Uh, we can talk about like what a lovely retreat we're having up to this point. Yeah. yeah this sure. has been so much fun. Now, as I like to tell my HRT people, You don't want to quite have heart rate training. You don't want to have quite this much fun the night before a race that you are headed for a PR. But lucky for us, this is a trail. If it's your first trail half, it's a PR no matter what. If you you came here expecting to beat your PR on the roads, we're going to adjust that a little bit. But you can't really go wrong either way. Oh, I know yeah. because speaking of having fun, the, for the first time ever at a
0: retreat, people went out last night after our event. They oh, did. Oh, yeah. oh, there they are,
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: representing. Yeah, of
1: course they're in the back row. You guys yeah. in the back of the I'm class. surprised They're
0: not wearing sunglasses. Yeah, so, we won't notice when know you nod off. Another group of people tried to go to a brewery, but it closed at nine o'clock. What? Yeah, on a Thursday Stuff night. Like that. Um, I mean, isn't that almost the weekend?
2: Why <laughs> why would you own a brewery to shut it at nine?
0: Yeah, maybe they open real early, you <laughs> know. <laughs> Beer the Sp- breakfast of champions. <laughs> right. Spokane
2: is a different type of town. <laughs> yeah, so people
0: went out and I don't think they'll be going out I don't know, maybe there will maybe be. There will but be. um uh, I of th- th- there's a c- I see some lads not
1: He's racing. Not nodding out not there. There. I got a Stephanie, I know Stephanie is Kate. Belinda. Um I am not racing tomorrow. Who else <laughs> isn't, isn't racing tomorrow? Anybody? Yep. Got
0: All the right. back row back there. We've got Anne. Awesome. So
1: yeah, so Party yeah. in 6:14 is what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so, but I bet there'll be some going out. And then we found out from Alex that there's a good karaoke place here in town. Oh, so,
2: uh, yeah, I love a good karaoke. <laughs> that might be worth staying awake past yeah. 6 p.m. for. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. And Alex was out till 2:15. <gasps> he
3: Alex, He informed us how? that the uh, hotel
0: shuttle does run 24 hours a day, and you don't just have to be going to the airport. <laughs> hey.
3: Now,
1: Alex, where uh, do I dare ask? Were you solo or were you meeting friends? What
0: was up? He made friends. Tinder. Wow. Wow. He made friends.
1: People here in Spokane
2: are very welcoming. And
0: and Alex is a friendly guy.
2: Good for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I, I won't. I won't press that anymore. We'll just leave that at two fifteen. He doesn't. He doesn't
0: have a microphone. Yeah. So. So yeah. 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 So all right. Well. So but what should people do be doing the night before a race or the day before a race? Let's start with the day before because there's c- a couple hours
2: before the evening time. Intravenous drugs. It's a good place to start. Things. Uh, it generally speaking, anything you don't do uh, on a regular basis. One of the. Uh, One of the harder things for me is when uh, I have clients that attend some of the larger races like Chicago or New York, and they get really excited because, like this, we like to multitask. It's like, okay, we're going to go to New York. It's going to be a cultural extravaganza. We're going to stand in line for Hamilton tickets, and then we're going to go to Brooklyn, and then we're going to go here and get the best bagels in the whole wide world, and I'm going to take the kids, and it's just going to be... And then all of a sudden, it's like, that is... Think about everything you did the two days before the race. It's like... Like not that walking is new, but all of that is not what you would normally do the night before a race. So, um, be very, very careful if you're traveling to a new place. One of the reasons I like is Spokane. It's gorgeous and it's this big. So even if you went crazy and your name is not Alex, um, evidently, like he found things to do till 2:15. The most of us can be do good with a a stop here or there. Um, Generally speaking, you don't want to do anything new or all a whole lot of really familiar things right. in a it's row why, on a tight schedule. Yeah, it's why
0: I think Disney races, so Disney races are challenging for so many reasons. And one of them is, you know, the people go there and gosh, you want to walk the park all day and you wear your pedometer or your
2: Fitbit and you realize, oh, I walked 11 miles <laughs> while you're running
0: half marathon tomorrow. That's almost, you almost covered the distance, you know, just walking.
2: Yeah, I think, that said, they start at 5 a.m. So I kind of get it. Like if you're there to do one Disney race, you show up, get it out of the way, and then spend
3: the next. Oh, five sure. Days. After
0: that, after yeah. that, but but leading up to it, what were you going to say, Amanda? Yeah,
3: no, I was just going to say that if you're if you're if you're traveling to a race, to schedule your week so that you're arriving maybe even just the day before, and then have the extra time after. Think about all the things you can do, all the fun things after, and just the day before, just get in, get get done what you need to do, do run your race, and and move on. And and also, it it, it has a, a second benefit in that you're not going to be in that race atmosphere for days on end, seeing all the other athletes sometimes that kind of you know can work you up into a little bit of a frenzy so
2: that said just a little caveat to that coming in the day before but be careful and don't cut it too close i had athletes there was a
3: snowstorm
2: the night before boston i'm looking in la because we had to deal with all the fallout from this um with with two of our more high stress athletes were running boston and this freak snowstorm canceled all flights from noon until midnight and they ended up they they were cutting it last minute um, and ended up having to drive for 12 hours to get to an airport on a flight in a warm climate that would definitely deliver them to Boston. They arrived two hours before the expo shut, were racing to get there, barely made it all by the skin of their teeth and were so exhausted that they they didn't quite have the race that they wanted, which is a long way of saying, you can get there the day before, Yeah. but still leave some padding.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I would uh, say, um, going off of what Amanda said, um, I think it's really important to know how you are in the... Um, your personality is as far as the expo goes um some people like to you know go up and down every aisle that would be mk um which is fine and, and that's and that's you know i mean the, you know two or three hours on your feet is not going to be a deal breaker right but if you and you can focus on what you're seeing and not kind of make it have it make you anxious you're good if you are the kind of person that gets to a race um and feels anxious and um, you get into the comparison game and you know she looks like a runner I don't what am I doing here I'm not going to be fast enough I haven't trained whatever it is limit your time among that crowd until the starting line mm-hmm. so go in mm-hmm. grab your number grab a jacket or whatever you want if it's an important race to you stop by the AMR booth sure. if we're there I was going to say that yes 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 <laughs> Priorities. cities for instance exactly um but don't don't subject yourself to a situation that doesn't, that makes you feel kind of sick to your stomach, right? Head out, go back to your hotel room and put on, I'm watching Orange is the New Black right now. That's my newest one. I oh. just finished Last Chance U. Um, Orange is the New Black, and they're in the middle of a riot. That will take your mind off of running a marathon, <laughs> a prison riot.
0: I gave up on that show. I just, uh, I didn't tune into the last season. I've just, I've let the Orange is the New uh, Black train. Did you read the book? no I did yeah. not
3: I liked the book but not the series so much mm-hmm. yeah that's a side yeah yeah. yeah, that's alright um, yeah.
1: yeah we get sidetracked so yeah so that's I mean that's what I would say especially if it's a big race for you if it's the Boston Marathon if it's the New York City Marathon if you have a big time goal in mind and you've trained really hard don't let the, vamp- let the energy vampires is that what Sage used to call them uh, something close to that, or, yeah, you know, energy suckers um, oh, yeah. you know suck your energy if if you are prone to that, if you walk in and you're like, "I got this, I'm good, then you're okay, you kind of have to know know where you are
0: in that situation, yeah, yeah, particularly because when you think about it, you've been training for fifteen, eighteen, twenty weeks, and to let you know one or two days blow it all is really you know or or knock you off if you do have a big time goal, um it's unfortunate to think how little it takes you know, of your own doing to knock you off of that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, And I think, um, also, you know, you've been practicing all along kind of with your long runs, you know, the, the day before what you do, you know, what works for you with your nutrition and your sleep needs and whatever it might be the day before a 20 miler or whatever your long run might be, just kind of mimic that to the best that you can the day before, wherever you might be for your race.
0: Yeah. And also, even if it's a 5K or 10K. I mean, so we keep yeah. talking about marathons. Yeah. It's that, you know, I mean, as we say often on the podcast, you know, a 5K is as challenging, if not more so, than a, 20K, than a marathon if you're trying to really lay it all out on the line. Absolutely. What you mean. If
2: there's a reason I don't do 5Ks, they hurt. <laughs> they hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So, okay. So, we're, the, so we've
2: arrived. Oh, well, yeah. Now, what do we do? We're going <laughs> If you're really worried, um, I'm getting this a lot right now about twin cities and if those of you are familiar with my course reports they tend to be thorough for a reason and the they're a little hard to trust because i will often say that thing that all of you are worried about the hill from mile 20 to 23 um looking forward to it it's not that bad the first thing i I, and i whatever it is you're scared of it, it depending on the race go stare it down and use that for your shakeout run. We did this last year with Philadelphia. I strongly encourage, I tell you exactly how to do it and where to start and stop in New York City because there is one part that's particularly bad, but it's not very long because what's going to get you is not that section you're worried about. It's the stuff you can't see because the next thing I like to do, it's called scaling. When you scale that map out and you sort of take out all the excess and you realize, oh, that hill... Doesn't act, it only, it's only like a 70-foot rise over three miles. That's <laughs> nothing. That, that's going to feel uphill, but that's not going to slow me down massively. What you won't see until you've scaled it is that ridiculous bump at mile 14 as you get on the Minnehaha Parkway every single year. People hear that. goes in one ear and out the other. And I'm like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. I need you to go jog at least one of the three miles from 20 to 23, and then I want you to go walk up that entrance to the Minnehaha Parkway so that when you see it, your ego doesn't get in the way and say, I didn't see that coming, I'm not gonna slow down, no one else is slowing down, that's really short, I should be able to run it, and then waste a whole lot of energy so that what comes at mile 20, all of a sudden feels worse than what you remember. From your shakeout run so remember that those of us that have run it before we give you advice for a reason make good choices if there's something and i'm sorry this is too long if there's something you're terrified of go do whatever you have to do to get a little unscared and facing it down might be enough to do just that
0: and also bear in mind that um i know when i ran new york that um you know so many people slowed down on the 59th street bridge and I just think it's because they had not trained on hills, and to, mm-hmm. I had trained in San Francisco, so I thought it, I couldn't even understand, literally could not comprehend why people were slowing down. And so when people tell you, oh, it's such a big hill, well, maybe they live you know, in Central
2: Florida where it is pancake flat. And so it's all a matter of perspective. It's also an optical illusion, Sarah, which mm. is kind of fun. If you um, are not used to, I used to live in New York, and I trained on that bridge a lot. And what you don't think about, and if you haven't read my snazzy little course report, is that what you're actually traversing over is called Randall's Island. So there are two bodies of water you need to look for before the bridge is going to start going downhill. So people like get on the bridge and they're like, oh, there it is. There's the other side. Ah! And then it's not the other side and they're burnt out before they're a quarter of the way up because they, you're crossing over a whole island. So that's kind of where it comes from. You're not crossing over a river. You're crossing over a, a big river with a body of land in the middle of it. So that's my opinion on why people slow down on that bridge. So thinking
0: about that, it um, would be nice if we were in New York City, but let's think about that That a lot of you all tomorrow are staring down a trail that we're not going to go out to. And that, um, I mean, what what are thoughts on, Amanda, what do you think about looking at course map elevation i mean how to kind of dissect that a little bit and how to i mean i think because i think you can look at them and you just they never feel like they look
3: no definitely not and they i think they always um if you're looking at a scale they're always going to look worse than they actually are you know back to mk's point point. you know that um if you really break it down and really read, you know, how how big of a hill it is and compare what your starting point is to your end point and all that kind of stuff. That said, this one does sound like it's got some significant hills. And um, just, you know, when you're on trail, just remember walking up hills is, is encouraged and, and it will save you some energy and lots of people are going to do it. And I can remember back to my very first trail race years and years ago where I kept running up those hills and everyone around me was walking and I'm like, you know, and, and then they would fly by me on the descents and, you know, and they knew what they were doing. So, um, you know, don't, don't get intimidated by what you see on a map and um, take your time on the trail and enjoy it and look around and see the beauty of it. And, and, you know, and just trail racing is just a whole different ethos and, and, and it's its own animal and it's, and it's not going to be speedy and that's okay. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um,
0: for drinking and eating today um i have my even though i'm not running i got my uh noon somewhere around here here it is right there you go. with the pacific wonderland sticker on it and so you know i i have said this before um you know you want to be drinking enough so that today because you can't just chug a bunch of water or even noon right before a race and hope for the best you you're, have to you're not a camel yeah exactly yeah and so um right so that you have to be kind of pre-hydrating, and uh, uh, is someone walking out to get water now. Yeah. No. <laughs> and uh, so that, and it, you know, if you just take water in, sometimes I just feel like I'm a big straw, that the water just goes in and then a couple, you know, half hour, 45 minutes later, it comes out the other, other end. And so that by drinking something like noon that has, you know, electrolytes, potassium, sodium, magnesium, that it's going to help your cells hold on to that water. And, um, Dimity, what is the color that we are aiming for with <laughs> urine?
1: Well, Minnesota country girl says straw, and yeah. suburban Connecticut girl says crystal light lemonade. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: I have to say one of my favorite things on the blog ever and the most memorable and what I think of every time I even go to a bar and hear a martini uh, was when Adrian Martini put on the blog every time. Like, I, you know you're runner when you go to pee and you're like, it's clear and you're like, I'm so freaking hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Adrian Martini in my brain. Ah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So that, and you know, and be, don't shy away from salting your food, um, eating pretzels, you know, th- things that are going to make your body hold on to that, hold on to that fluid. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And I, think about that too. You're going to get a lot of samples from the race. Doesn't matter what race you're running. And just because it's in there doesn't mean you have to consume it, should consume it. I promise you, Ellie was not putting together the bags you're gonna get this weekend uh-huh. or at the race that you, that you end up attending. So if those peanuts sound good and you wanna eat them, okay. But think about it. Maybe have them afterwards when your body's really going to appreciate the salt, the sugar, the fat, or whatever happens to be in there.
3: Just remember anything you get is a gift, not
2: a command. <laughs>
3: And, and I'm going to throw in a little thing um, when we're talking about hydration and um, no one's running a marathon tomorrow, so you're not going to be out there for all of those hours. But, you know, when you get a actually a little bit of a cooler day like tomorrow, um, it, it is possible to overhydrate. And, and so keep that in mind. And, you know, um, you, you don't need to be staying ahead of thirst and all that kind of thing. Just, you know, just... Be wise about it. And and on a day where it's not super hot and you're not sweating out a lot, you know, you're not going to need as much as you would on another type of day. So Mm -hmm.
0: particularly that's so particularly true, I think, to do fall races that you've been training in the heat and the humidity. Yeah. And I mean, the weather turned pretty quickly here. Yeah. You know, and I think in a lot of other places, man, a lot of you all have come from, you know, came from Iowa where it's 80 degrees, you know, so um, that, uh, you know, I definitely didn't sweat very much this morning on my run. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, can we go back uh, for a minute
1: to the trails? Um, just to, I want to talk a little bit about. Um, Most certainly. Go yeah. Ahead. So, um, so a couple. Of, if you are doing your first trail races, MK said it's going to be a PR. The second thing is, is that I think um, trail races and road races are kind of two separate entities. And I think that they kind of serve two different points, right? Unless we're talking like ultra or you want to, you know, co-conquer 100 miles or whatever you need to do. But if you're doing a half marathon, a 10K, a 5K on the trails, I think your first goal needs to be, holy cow, look what I get to do. Honest to God, it is one of the most beautiful courses I have ever seen. And I live in Colorado and I I was telling somebody at dinner last night, um, I'm not very good at I don't have a very photographic memory, and I can remember that river and those scenes like I was running there yesterday, and that was a year ago. That's, you know, that's like seven dog years in a mother runner life, right? <laughs> um, so I really encourage you to um, stop, you know, don't stop if you need to, take some pictures, go, you know, you don't race it if you feel like racing it. but. Run it and enjoy it. You know, it really is. Sometimes I feel like road races are just grit and survival. And, okay, there's mile 12. Okay, when am I going to see the 13-mile marker? Okay, I'm going to look at my Garmin, look at my Garmin, look at my Garmin. Make sure that I'm, you know. And, and, that's, and that's not the case with trail races. I mean, the good news is that you have to really, running on the trail forces you to be very present. Okay. Because you have to look where your feet are going, right? You can't necessarily just zone out and know that the pavement is more or less flat underneath you. So you really have to be where your feet are. Um, it is not a very difficult trail as trails go. So just know that, the, I know that there's one section that's got a little bit of loose rock. Stop, walk, and this ha- happy girls or wherever you happen to be. Um, and then um, you know pick up your feet a little bit more if you feel like doing it. Um, there was something else that was super important that the world will not live without unless mm. I say it right now, and I can't remember put, what it put is. Put your
0: hands out in front of you if you do trip. Yeah, if you do trip, you might trip.
1: Um, but um, going back to the hills um, and, and in walking, um, as Amanda said, it's very common in trail races. It is not, um, you know, there's no shame. There's no shame in walking anytime, but it's, it's, it's more common in trail races than it is on road races. But um, Coach MK uh, brought up this little slim book called Stealth Racing, um, it is our book of the training cycle in the train, train Like a Mother Club, heart rate version. It's a, like a small little thing by a uh, coach named Rick Smith. And um, there's one tip in there that I can't get out of my head, and I put it out on the Ultra webinar a couple weeks ago. But um, it is when you are running a hill, pretend like you are running that hill to the finish line. So if there is a big Hershey kiss of a hill at mile three of a half marathon, Pretend like that, you're going to be climbing that mountain all the way to the finish line. That is the pace that you need to be running that hill at. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, like MK said, from mile, what, 23 to, what was it? Where is it? 20 to 23. 20 to 23 in the Twin Cities Marathon. You know, it's, it is more of a just like a little tiny slope. Like, but pretend like it's just going like that all the way to the finish line. And that is, that's going to mean that you're going to um, regulate your effort a lot better than trying to be the first one up the hill. There's no prize for that. It's not going to get you there faster it's going to deplete your energy and um and not set you up for a nice downhill so
3: and and also do not compare what you're doing uh for a mile on trail to what you're doing on the road there is no comparison and and you know don't don't even look at your watch on the trail please just just enjoy it just 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 do the mile and and don't look down and go oh my gosh you know i normally running two mile or two minutes per mile faster it, it just all goes out the window with trail. It it's, is irrelevant.:
1: It's the beauty of my nature. It's yeah. really the beauty of just being out there. It takes yeah. all the pressure off. I it's, mean, it's like being in a video game, like feet, you're where your feet are, and you get to zoom in and out of trees and be next yeah. to the river and go ahead and I'm you'll okay.
3: you'll, be, you'll be amazed also at just mentally how fast the trail time goes because because you are so engaged you, you know you you're, you're you're totally focused, like like Dimity was saying, you're, you're focused on what's in front of you, you're present, and then all of a sudden you'll be like, "Wow, how, you know, how did I go through that many miles and not even realize it so
2: to me, it's the great irony of trail racing, where you're in such beauty and such splendor. But if you're racing for time, if you're actually trying to win, if you're out there with expectations, then all you see is the ground beneath your feet. You don't see the sweeping landscapes. Mm-hmm. You don't see the river. You don't see, in all your ego can see, are people going past you, people that have trained specifically for this, people that probably live locally mm-hmm. and run this trail All the time. So comparison is not just the thief of joy. It's a terrible coach. Mm -hmm. In those moments when your ego's getting in the way, stop looking at the ground and look at the sky because that is what the trail is really for. I tell you, I have, and I'll wrap this very long answer up. I've I've done two ultras in my lifetime, and I am told that they are gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I remember none of it. I was going so fast and so trying so hard to keep up with my teammates. I, I see photos taken of this trail in Hong Kong. It's called the McElhoes. And I don't even know that I was there. And that wow. there's nothing sadder.
0: Yeah, that is sad. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Okay. Well, so what about if you are running a half... A, a, any half marathon, any marathon, any 10K, 5K has a little bit of different rules about racing. But, you know, you're, you're, you're going out for some time. Let's talk a little bit about pacing strategies. Mm-hmm. We just talked about climbing hills. But what about,
2: I don't know, do we just dart off the starting oh, line? Oh, for sure. Just go super-duper <laughs> fast. Go as fast Your as you can in that first mile. Your first mile. Yep. Yep. Whatever yeah. you do, do not let the pack get away from you. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, nah, we're lying. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you're joshing. You guys are joshing. <laughs> if you could only see my face when I say it. Um, this I am fastidious about many things. I think it's my superpower, not least of which is um, like honestly, my superpower right now is visualizing the metronome that I had to practice with before my last podcast with sarah to make sure i didn't speak too quickly so i'm you're winning a good job. you know what you're
1: reminding me of right now what a flight attendant you're like giving like really solid instructions but in a really lovely voice
2: and here i am afraid you'd think i took xanax <laughs> well you might have done that as well did you do that no i've got, got to save it for the plane
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> and i meant that as a compliment you're doing very well on your speech patterns i just Thank it's you. just so funny i'm like who is this Buckle your seatbelts and watch out. <laughs> Put on your own oxygen
2: mask first. It's all about impressing SBS at the end of the day.
1: Okay.
2: Right. Want her to be proud of me. So I'm fastidious about many things. I want you to feel comfortable with the course before you see it. And I want you to have an idea of what your limits are going to be. There are few things more difficult than saying, I'm gonna run this race and this distance at this pace. It's almost impossible to predict what that pace could be until more than 10 to 14 days before the race itself. The great irony of being a coach is that people don't hire you until they have identified that number and the time period required to get there and pick the race and then they hire you. And then it's like, whoa. Okay. So, but I, but we do, I do, uh, that said, I do want my athletes to be very, very prepared as much as possible. Um, because when you get to that starting line and the pack does take off, you're all tightly packed together and then everyone starts to pull away. And that's a very natural thing, but it's super disconcerting. Am I doing what I need to do? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I often refer to um, coachless, unloved amateurs, which is not about anyone. This is absolutely not about them. It's the mantra that I use to run my own race in those moments that I want to chase everyone. Like, they have their plan, I have mine. They might not have a plan at all. Bless their hearts. Am am I working too hard? No. Am I going too fast? No. Hanging out right here, blinders on. (laughs) I also think that's so true with, when you, when there are,
0: are pacers in a race, and Happy Girls has a few pacers. They're typically men in sparkle skirts, um, literally, and um, I love that. So um, you know, but in a in a road race, oftentimes those pacers just are, you know, they most of them go out at an even pace.
2: Well, I have a lot to say about pacers, and I want to be very kind and generous about it because they're 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 people that are doing a service. There are only two professional pacing teams in the country. and what they are paid on, and they're very open about it, even splits. It doesn't, r- regardless of the terrain, they are running eight minute miles, seven minute miles, whatever they've been determined to do um, at that pace. and if they miss, they don't get paid. So that's very high incentive. If you have not trained, To race that way, you have to be very not dubious of them, but they tend to be the most useful at the end of the race when you're tired and you don't want to think about it and you want to draft outside of those two pacing teams. What you're dealing with. Beast pacing is wonderful. I love the group. Again, nothing, nothing negative to say about the group at all. Um, But what they are staffed with are volunteers. And to qualify as a pacer, you have to have run that distance at a certain pace at least twice in the previous 18 months. As anyone who's ever trained by heart rate with me can tell you, running more slowly than you want to run at any given moment is the hardest thing you will ever do, much less continually, over several hours. So that person that has been selected by most volunteer pacing is has to be, because you don't want them racing, right? You want a pacer that's going to be easy effort for them to yeah, get it's to the be, finish you,
1: line. They typically are like at least half an hour yes. off their PR, yeah, or um, if not more. And yeah. so they
2: are running at... Uh, unnaturally, possibly even absurdly slow for them. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to be terribly consistent. And they might be called in at the last minute because the previous volunteer got sick or their kid got sick. They're people too. And so any pace strategy you might've worked out if you were lucky enough to meet them at the expo the day before, could be out the window when someone new shows up with a totally different plan. So Pacers are there, they're people, they're wonderful. Thank you, yes, but be very, very careful. You've worked for a long time. Do not put your race in someone else's hands. If you already have a plan, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, do not abandon that plan for any reason.
3: Yeah, I, and I'll I'll just uh, throw in a little pacing anecdote. I've I've been a pacer many times over, and um, did you get paid? No. <laughs> 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 um, my very first time pacing, I will never forget. Um, and and you know, there's usually going to be two per eight per um time um, the time goal. Um, so I was kind of the, you know, apprentice pacer, I guess. And so I kind of had to, um, let, let my experienced pacer kind of be our lead and follow his example. And I kept looking at my watch and going, we're way ahead of pace. We're way ahead of pace. We're way ahead of pace. And he didn't care and it didn't matter. And, um, We had to be, I think, within a minute on either side of our goal pace at the end of the day. And um, so do you know what he did to make up for that Um, as we're coming in hot and, and furious? Um, we just kind of stopped and pulled off to the side and, and you know, until, until he was like, okay, now we can run it in. Okay, so so this stuff happens out there. And so so my biggest advice is not to say Pacers, they're not bad people. They all have, you know, the best of intentions for the most part. Um, but what but I want you to recommend to you is if you are interested in following a Pacer is stalk them. Line up behind them. Keep them up there. You know, keep yes. that sign in, in your sights but also kind of be looking at your own watch and seeing what's going on, and if they are going out crazy hard, ignore them and maybe drop back a pace group even, you know, um, whatever it might be. So stock them, stock them, stock them, and then, uh, like MK said at the end, then when you're tired and and if, if they seem to be on pace and everything else, just kind of let let go and and, and let them pass pull them, you man, in.
1: run them down, pass them, yeah, run them down.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean seriously, yeah. that's
1: that is one strategy. I was um, when I was coming back from an injury and running the Denver Rock and Roll and. uh you know, I wanted to run a 205 and a half marathon, and she, my coach at the time wanted me to start behind the 205 pacer, right? And I was definitely a couple minutes behind her and um, coming in. um, But I started like, you know, kind of at a 208 pace, and then I gradually came in and passed the 205 at the end because I was pacing myself. I mean, at the end of the day, and this is kind of trite, but it's very true, and it's something that you need to tell yourself when those people are pulling away from you, or you're feeling like you're not doing the right thing. You are the boss of your own race. Mm-hmm. You are in control. You have all the data that you need, and probably more at this point, as, you know, racing in 2017. So, um, so really, you know, own your effort. And and that said, if your effort is to go out and have an awesome day, and take as many pictures of as you can on cool places, or chat with as many people, or, you know, have a great day with your girlfriend, that's your effort for that day. I mean, we're, I just want to make it clear. I mean, we're really talking about, you know, putting the gas pedal down. You don't have to do that in every race.
2: Yeah, and we talk a lot about not doing anything new on race day. It never ceases to amaze me how many people will show up and adopt a new strategy, a new attitude, because something, they're a little nervous, and something sounds like, that's not a terrible idea, so it must be a good idea, and they'll just decide to go with it in the moments leading up to the race, something they heard while waiting in line for the port to lose.
3: Just Portoloze, <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's the British yeah, that's version. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: this is what happens when I speak slowly. <laughs> All the crazy comes out. <laughs>
3: But but you need to you know you need to trust in your training. Um, go go back to that training and know that you put in the work and and that you can do what you set out to do and then stick to what you what and, you yeah, want to say. And set remind
0: out to. yourself, I think about that. Go back, yeah. you know, as Dim alluded to. There's so, we have so much technology at our fingertips. Use it to your advantage. So you know, I like to sometimes even before a long run, I've been going back to and looking at Strava. And not only, like, reminding myself, oh, yeah, that was a good 18-mile course, but also remembering how I felt and seeing it somehow reminds me of that. And it's not just seeing the pace, but it's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was running past that certain section of town or, you know, running you know across that bridge. I felt so strong. And, you know, Dim, like you have said several times about what you did, you know, on the plane ride out to... San Francisco, San Francisco for the Nike Women's Marathon. I, I looked
1: up. through. I added up how many hours I had. This was another stress fracture incident in my life. And I added up all the hours I sat on the bike because I couldn't run because I had a stress fracture in my heel. And, I mean, I basically, like, biked across not the United States. But it was a lot of time, right? And and so, I mean, I guess, and, I, and that's the other thing, is we're kind of talking about, you know, everything is perfect. Your training went well. Guess what? That doesn't happen. You know, that's maybe... of the time where you go to the starting line you feel like, I've got this. Like, nothing nothing backed me up. I didn't get injured. My kids didn't get sick. I didn't have to travel, whatever. Um, When you have those times when you feel like, ugh, if only. That's a lot of, like, there's either, um, there's, there's the regret before the race and then there's the regret after the race, okay? So the regret before, I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. Okay, so maybe... learned your lesson and maybe next time you'll get down and do your clamshells but this time do the best you can with what you have at that starting line okay i think that that's really important you've done everything that you can and it's really easy to second guess yourself to say oh i should have gone out for that that run i should have done this i should have done that yeah maybe you should have but you know what so what you're not you're still standing on the starting line post same thing um and mk i'll let you get in one second but i just want to before i forget this um we had Oh, my gosh, her name is going to s- escape me right now. Um, our first, someone doing her first ultra uh, in the group, in the, uh, in the Train Like a Mother group, she was doing the 50K, the North Face Race in Wisconsin. Um, she, um, it was a day, it was 85 degrees. Um, some of the trail was shaded, but a lot of it was in an open field, okay? And so she came in with her report after, and she's like, I walked m- way more than I wanted to. I wanted to do this. I should have done that. And then she put her pictures up about a week later, and she's like, I have been thinking about how much I, you know, what I did wrong in this race, when I didn't push myself, why I let myself walk when, you know, I really should have been running. She puts up her pictures. Her smile is as wide as the state of Michigan in every single picture. She's having a blast out there. Now, granted, I know that you smile for the photographer, but she said, I got my pictures back, and I realized I had such a fun day, and it was so great, and I'm ready to do it again. Instead of coming back and, oh, I missed that split by 15 seconds. Oh, I did that. Oh, I should have pushed myself harder on that downhill. You know what? We're all human, and
2: you got to just kind of remember why we get to be out there. But we're also women, and this is what we have been conditioned by society to do. And this is something I'm, uh, I'm very conscientious of as a parent. We are taught to be humble, and you know it, we can't say like, "Yeah, it was a great race." You can to me. <laughs> I want you to say it to each other. But we are strongly discouraged because it's considered rude or gauche. To say anything that exudes confidence because it comes across as arrogance and we don't want to be arrogant. So in those moments, we instead of being like, it was terrific and I'm really happy with it. Um, and then having to explain why you're happy with the time that might not be impressive to the person next to you. We, we talk ourselves out of happy yeah. moments. We look for the things we could do better next time. And this isn't an academic course. It might feel like one if you're training with me, but for the, it, <laughs> <laughs> it truly, truly isn't. Um, I I watch women all the time show up to a race, and they they still can't say, like, it's been 20 weeks. How many runs have I missed? Two. That's 98 out of 100 that I nailed. That's an A-plus in every course I have ever taken. I have my race strategy. I know this course inside and out. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go. We don't do that. Because, again, it doesn't come natural to us, and we're, we, we haven't lived in a world that allows it, right? Mm-hmm. We say we should. We encourage our daughters to, but we don't really know how to do it. So we, we pretend that we're ready. We show a little bit of humility. Yeah, I feel pretty good, you know, and this is my plan. And we wait for that exogenous external affirmation to be like, yes. Yes, so we're waiting for someone else to tell us that we're good so that we can be like, finally own it and be that we're good. And those are the moments when someone's going to be like, yeah, but you know, where are you going to have for breakfast? You should have a bagel. You should have a big old bagel before you go for a run. <laughs> like, you, you, you can't, who can run a marathon on an empty stomach? You need a bagel in there. So be sure you get one and, or whatever comes out of their mouth because we also feel the need to feel silence with, with, with advice when someone is asking us for it. So all that just to say. If you need permission to own it, here's your exogenous permission. You got this. You're good. You are prepared, and you know what you're doing. Do not listen to anyone else. Trust no one but you and maybe us. <laughs> maybe. <laughs>
0: so, and what do you ladies tell yourself when the when the going gets a little rough out there on the course? Because, you know, as, as Dim so often says, you know, races, like training runs, have highs and lows. So... You know, we can't like life. I yep, say actually, yeah. not like training yeah. runs. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you can't. Um you can't even them out, but how can you... Pl- Not just a party all the time. Party yeah. all right. the time. <laughs> Did I tell you? We heard that on the ride out here. We're so excited. <laughs> I now have Eddie Murphy on my uh, starred playlist Excellent. on Spotify. Excellent. Um, so, I mean, what do, you, what do you do, Amanda, to pull yourself when you're heading into one of those valleys? Well, you know, I, th- I think you need
3: to remind yourself that you are going to have those peaks and valleys. It is going to be a roller coaster. And so when you're in the low, just kind of embrace it, kind of ride it out, don't panic, and know that you're more than likely going to come out of it. There are some exceptions, but I think they're, they're rarer than, you know, than, than they are um, good moments that are coming. So, so you know, remind yourself of that. It's going to pass. Ride it out. Slow it down if you need to. Take some deeper breaths and maybe take in, maybe that's a signal from your body to take in a, a, you know, a hit of goo or something. Um, And and then as you start to come out of it, embrace that again. And that's when you maybe start pushing the pace again a little bit, you know, you're feeling good, push the pace a little bit. It's going to even out in the end, you know, you're not going to run every single mile, even though we talk about having even splits and this, that, and the other, and that's your best strategy. It's not reality, you know, And, and whether it be the terrain or how your body's feeling or whatever it might be. So don't panic in those moments and ride them out and know that a better moment is coming up ahead
2: because in hindsight those moments might not even show up i go back and yeah. i look at my philadelphia race from november which i it, it if you look at my strava splits they're kind of all over the map but if you were tracking me it's like mk's at the 5k mark 8:30 pace mk's at the 10k mark 8:30 pace mk has crossed the finish line 8:30 pace, and it's just like it didn't. or 8:40, I think it was. I'm gonna whatever. I'm pregnant. I don't remember. It was it was very <laughs> consistent the whole way through. It was the same number, um, and that was not intentional. That was even effort. It was not even splits. Um, and my my response in those moments of when when you have the doubt, it's not quite as eloquent as Coach Amanda's because what I do is I kind of tune into my breathing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get nachos. I'm gonna get nachos because <laughs> <sighs> uh, that I lived in uh, I, the beginning of my running career. Um, when I first realized I was kind of fast, I was living in Hong Kong and uh, dairy products are at a premium. There was only one place I could get nachos and they were freaking fantastic and they were $35. Wow. So that was a BFD. I'm going to run this and then I'm going to get nachos. <laughs> to this day, that's my post-race treat.
1: I think it's important, yeah, to set out a little goal like that. Um, count your steps. That's a big thing. You know, just set small little goals. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I'm uh, putting a, you know, putting a bungee cord on the person in front of you, a mental bungee cord, or a tree in front of you. Um, you know, just kind of, just getting, just keeping making forward progress. You know, yeah. I mean, it sounds not sound so simple, but honestly, that's all you got to do is just keep moving forward and just not let yourself. The more that you can take your mind off the pain, the better off you'll be. Whether well, it's with a cool. mantra yeah. or counting or talk or thinking about why you're running this race, who you're running this race for. Mm-hmm. A funny joke, whatever.
0: Yeah, I. Oh, sorry, Amanda. I, I um, oftentimes tell myself, remind myself how what a sh- small percentage of just the day the race itself is. You know, when I did a ten k and I was you know trying to hit fifty minutes, and just thought, well, that's that's less than one twenty-fourth of the day. You know, that's and some good math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really strong math skills. And so, but I mean, you know, a half the marathon or something, you know, so, so that, you know, let's say you're trying to break three hours in the half marathon tomorrow, you know, that's, that's still only one eighth of the day. You know, that's a pretty slim, that's a small piece of pie. Um, and that, that I just literally envision myself, you know, here we are at, you know, with lovely hotel bed, they'll be made for you by someone else. When you get back to it, you know, envision yourself sprawled out on that bed, you know, and, and, you know, eaten. Eating some nachos, and, maybe. You know? Yeah,
3: and you can you can also you know I mean when the going gets rough, run the mile you're in. Just just concentrate on that one mile, get yourself to that next mile marker, and then restart again. You know, yeah. it just whatever. Do lots
0: of bargains with yourself.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> but, but, but don't take the deal that that, that would be like kind of be self defeating, right? You know, when that devil's talking to you and trying to, to bring you down, don't don't take that deal. Just you know, th- tell yourself you can do this, and and ignore that that negative voice. Um, and smile there's a a real physiological you know you guys Mm -hmm. probably all heard that but smile it does it it has a a chemical reaction in your body and makes you feel better so you know
2: Mm -hmm. and i know (coughs) that a lot of it's called happy girls race right
3: so you're supposed (laughs) to be happy tomorrow yeah sorry oh sorry
2: um a lot of us like to run while listening to podcasts a particular favorite is another mother runner so in those moments, again, when you're struggling, just pretend you're on the podcast. You're discussing this race with Dimity and SBS. The smile's kind of hard, but and just they can, you can, you've heard them so much. You've heard them through in so many different situations. Like, you, can, you should be able to, in your mind, hear their voice, and that's not creepy. It is not <laughs> creepy at all. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Have a make-believe conversation with them in your brain. They're with you. Morgan Freeman is narrating, and this is the best podcast ever. And the story that you tell yourselves in those moments could actually make – the race way better and i totally do oh, this I, I mean sia has been singing
0: to me this entire training cycle i mean i am unstoppable i am you know a porsche with no brakes i mean <laughs> oh, uh, wow yeah
2: now I, we have to go to karaoke yeah. after <laughs>
0: oh for sure oh i mean sia's my girl this time and taylor swift so um you know i mean whatever it, whatever it takes i mean because it is a lot of stuff you tell yourself out there is foolish no one else can hear it and if it gets you through the, that rough uphill or that mile that feels like it's never going to be over, you know it's not like you're posting on social media. just tell yourself that. you know I honestly, sometimes Taylor Swift is personally encouraging me through the final miles of my of my That's long awesome. run. yeah. yeah.
2: And as many times as I've needed to dance through a situation and be like, I'm gonna get nachos. Oh yeah. Oh. You just who who cares if you're seen? You know what? They might want nachos too. Oh. Like, I- don't worry about being judged. There's there's it's we there's so many things we don't do that we should because we're afraid we'll be seen. And I'm here to be oh. like, who cares? Have I told you about the time I went to pick up my kids when I was pregnant? And forgot I wasn't wearing pants. <laughs> like once you've done that, everything else is like. I don't think you were there that day Katie that was before we met um right, <laughs> right darn um but th- those things that that we think are going to d- define us or break us or just humiliate us you know once you've kind of gotten over that hump and you probably have at some point in your life everything else is like whatever yeah
0: yeah, yeah I mean I, I definitely dance when I in uh the Final miles of a of a run or a race. I mean, you know, Jesse J is saying, you know, everybody looks to the left, everybody looks to the right. You know, I'm directing them. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we would love to take some questions um, from you all. Uh, we have uh, microphones so that the um, people listening out in the podcast world can hear you. Um, please don't be shy. Um, Anyone have a question? Well, no, no. while while you're all lining
1: up oh, yeah. in a. Um, Come on down. Yeah. But um, going back to what Sarah's saying, you know, she's telling everyone to look to the left, look to the right. Talk to the people on your left and your right yep. when you're struggling. Honestly, even if you are more of an introvert and you're like, mm, you know, just say, how's it going? Have you run this before? You're going to get a sense of whether or not that person wants to talk to you. But you know what? You can chat away a mile pretty quickly, right? Yep. With just stupid, superficial running, t- not stupid, but superficial running talk, you know? That's an advantage. Running such a sol- solo sport you know, everyone around you, they're not your competitors, they're your teammates. They're to help you get across the finish line as fast as you can.
0: And and if you're in a rough patch, they're probably in a rough patch too. And, you know, sometimes I've said before, you know, sometimes I just say out loud what I need to hear, and maybe it's going to help somebody else. So, you know, let's crush this hill. Let's, uh, you know, come on, stay with me. you You know, we've been trading spots this whole race. Let's stick with me. Come on, stick with me and, you know.
2: I mean, you you don't want to do that, generally speaking, in in the elite corral, but they're a different sport, (laughs) right? If you're not in the elite corral, it's a totally, like, it's game on, you know? They're not going to win either. Might as well support each other. Yeah. Awesome. What's your question? My question is, I've been doing all my long runs at, like, 6 in the morning, fasted, and then
4: take energy during the run but tomorrow we don't start until about the time I would normally be done running yes uh-huh. so, so later what, start and we're coming from central time zone so probably will be awake long before we even leave so what do you recommend and when
3: I I, I would um, I can relate to this because I, I do the majority of my training even my very long runs on an empty stomach um, and so I do, <laughs> I do, this is a little too late, but I do, I do like some of my last couple of long runs I'll do to kind of get you right, So, if you're, but you're beyond that and that's okay. Um, I would um, get down to the buffet as early as possible tomorrow and um, maybe get some oatmeal in there, maybe just get some toast in there, get something fairly bland that's gonna give you a nice quick hit um, of, of energy, but not upset your stomach. So um, yeah, and, and you know, so wait, we start at nine. So and I don't know, does it open at six? I can't remember. It does I think open it does. at six. Yeah. If you want to get down there at six, because you're up at six, and that gives you three hours. That's plenty of time for it to to digest and start moving through your system and do you some good. Yeah.
2: And this is also good advice for anyone listening to the podcast that might be running New York City. Yeah. Or this. Yeah. That is one of the. Next to Boston, it's one of the worst starts where just you have hurry to up and wait, right? Yeah, you have to be on the ferry as early as 4:30 for a start that could be as late as 11 a.m depending on your luck of the draw. So knowing that that's a that's half a day before your race is actually started, oh. you probably do need something in your belly. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, that's just something to think about because you still have to be conscientious about what you choose to make good choices. Be conscious about what you put in, but don't hesitate. And you've yeah. got some time. If, this,
1: if New York and this is news to you, you got
0: some time to practice. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah, And then I'll see you tomorrow at 6. All right? Mm-hmm. I'll have breakfast with you at 6 okay. tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Come on. Don't be shy. Other questions?
1: Ann, look like yeah. you have a question. Right. Come on, Ann. Slide down. on over. Ask a question. Yes, you. Oh. And then we've and got then, one in the back. in yeah. the yeah. yeah. back, back there.
4: Yeah. Well, I was, I guess, just thinking – And maybe this is just a question I should have kept internal. And my husband would say, FYF, fix your face. Which means my face is saying something that my mouth isn't saying. But I have always kind of, like, run races blind. Like, I'm never racing for a certain time. I just want to go out and enjoy it. And so I don't, like, get really into... Like, I'll just tackle the hill when I see the hill in front of me. Does that mean, like... I guess that just means I'm an amateur, like, and I'm always no. going to be an amateur. it, it, depends like, on it your means
3: that's what, you, like, you, that's, if that's what makes you happy and that's what your goal is, is you're not, you're not going out there and you're not aiming for a time, or that doesn't make you an amateur. It means...
1: You're running for a different reason. Right. Which it's is awesome. Right.
3: And you don't need, it. who cares about what the course looks like ahead of time then, in that case. And I'm
1: just saying, it might be a mindset from a Midwestern runner coming, that lives in Colorado now. <laughs> I just say, I personally relate to that because up until and I still don't like to dissect a race course I really think that you can work and I I know everyone has a different perspective I should preface with that and I'm not disrespecting anybody's perspective I'm just saying that hill's gonna be there and I'm the kind of person that worries about stuff so am I gonna worry about it on the Tuesday before a Saturday morning race or am I gonna worry about it on Saturday morning when I get to the bottom of it I know my strategy for myself personally is Saturday morning when I'm at the bottom of it and then I'll get up it. That's me. Yeah. And that, again, like I, my time goal, I'm good having a fun race, getting some good pictures, hanging out with my girlfriends. Well, and I think, I guess at this
4: point in my life, who knows what the future will hold for me in running and racing. But my goal, because somebody was asking me at some point this weekend, like, well, what's, are you racing tomorrow? And I'm like, define racing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start before the starting line and I'm going to end after the finish line. And I just, usually I just go out to have fun, but that sounds very amateurish when I say it into a microphone. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> At think it's amateurish. I the end of the day we should all be
3: having fun, even if we have a time goal. Let me just yeah. say that. That's why we do this, okay? And, and when you cross that line and where it's no longer any fun because you are so obsessed about a time, yeah.
2: The only time I have, have a interest. problem with it is when a client comes to me and is like, I'm just going to do this for
3: fun. I do this
2: every year. I do it with my friends. I do it for fun. It's for fun. It's for fun. It's for fun. I'm going to love it. 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 I wasn't faster than last year. So if you can live by that and truly be good with it, it's not amateurish at all. I'd say that you're actually pro on a level most of us will never achieve. Good for you. Well. At the same time, <laughs> but, if you're, but if you don't mean it, if you're one of those that says, I don't want to think about it because I don't think I am good enough to have a goal. I don't think I'm worthy of a goal. So it, th- there, that, that answer in and of itself is not necessarily the right or the better one. Um, It just truly is so hard in this sport to detach what you're doing. We feel like we have to justify it. I'm spending this time away from my kids. It's time I could be doing my to-do list. It's time I could be sleeping. It's time I could be productive. I could be doing more laundry. I could be cleaning things. (gasps) You get overwhelmed with all the things you could be doing. So we have to justify this training with the performance. Um, so, no, I don't think it's amateurish or wrong by any stretch of the imagination to truly just not care and go out there and love it. As long as you still love it and are still happy after you've crossed the finish line, I'm good with it.
4: Yep. Thank, Thank you.
2: That's a great perspective. And yeah. you are a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I need more clients like you. Have you considered heart rate training? Hey, Rebecca. I can endorse the heart rate training. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll be running my 140. Heart rate under one forty tomorrow. Day. Anyway, um, So I wanted to ask some advice about um, a race plan. I have goals, but how do you think through putting together a
2: plan for the race? Um, well, I mean, when you have goals, we have to back up a bit. When we at the beginning of a training cycle, when you have goals for a day or you have targets for a day, um, I prefer the word targets because. Uh, it's a lot to ask a goal to happen in a time frame right so we we say well I have to achieve X X uh, X accomplishment by Y date and then all of a sudden it's big pressure um, and the, we don't want to add more pressure onto something because we do, in those moments, we're gonna make bad choices when we feel lots of pressure. So I know that's kind of like, not to get away from what you're saying, but I like to back it up and say, all right, first we're gonna think about the goals and we're gonna think about what we really need to get out of that day. We're gonna reconsider the target carefully because if we're here to break two hours in the half marathon, this is probably not the course for it, for example. And I would hate for anyone to find that out. Um, like, even a few days ago, I felt like I was telling someone for the first time that a very popular race near near that I, someone I've been training for a long time um, just figured out that the the Blue Sky Marathon that she's getting ready to run in October is a trail race, and she was like, I had no idea why you were making me run up and down the uh, up and down the the gulch. I'm like. Uh, I don't even have. <laughs> that was the sound of a microphone
0: hitting MK's head. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Self-inflicted. <laughs> That's what I've been doing with my head against the wall for weeks now. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Wow. But uh, all that just to say, how do you select them? We, I I prefer it when we select them ahead of time, so that we're not setting ourselves up for disappointment. The the closer we, if we set them on the morning of the race, if we set them the day before, the hours before, what we're kind of doing is is artificially putting a benchmark out there that we might not have been training for, we might not be prepared for. So what we do is we say to ourselves, what do I need to get? What did I come here to achieve and what do I need to get? And then we look at the course map and we make good choices and a race plan based on that. Because if it's not going to break two hours and a half, we've still had a great weekend. You got to meet these two. I mean, you got to breathe the same air as the celebrities in the room. You got to be here for a podcast and ask a question. You got to meet really cool people. You got to eat and really amazing food. You got to do, you got to do, you got to do, you got to do. Everything about this it, it will not be defined what happens when we cross the finish line. So we step back and we think about that before we look at the elevation changes because they are a little scary. Um, I'm not going to lie about that. This is not like the hardest course ever, but you know there there are some hills you're going to have to walk and put your ego in the pocket and be like, that was an 18 minute mile. Like you know I'm walking those all the time. Who are you judging? Come on. <laughs> so that that's a very long um but but yet methodical way of kind of how i i would approach it because i will always want to there's there's so much in my life i feel like that that i i've i've set myself up for failure when i didn't have to and i more than anything want to make sure you guys don't do that
1: the other thing too um is no race is wasted right and so wait first of all actually what are your goals for tomorrow or is it? Is it tomorrow that we're talking about?
3: No, no. tomorrow is uh, tomorrow is my second 175 minute long run. Yeah, you. Okay. So that's why I'm 140. I'm looking at and it you're doesn't matter. So I'm enjoying. Right. I'm taking pictures. Okay, but what, I'm right. running, what week?
2: What week? I don't know. 18. 18. Okay, the taper so your starts for three weeks. Yeah. Your goal yep. is to not blow your training before your race.
3: Don't turn an your, ankle.
2: I want you to stop anytime you see something pretty and take a selfie. I want you to come back and be like, "Maxim, I had more running selfies than anyone else. I win. My coach, (laughs) mm -hmm. I want one every mile, maybe two, because I'm not going to be doing the half course. (laughs) So I need to see what it looks like for posterity. I need you to record that. So your, your whole MO tomorrow is to not is to re- remember that this is a training run it's a pretty one it's a fun one and that we'll we'll focus on the day itself when we, when we, when we get there and
1: and to answer your question rebecca um in the and this is in the train like a mother club you are going to get racing strategy um week 19 and 18 19 okay. and 20 in your mm-hmm. emails in the newsletter and we have the whole conserve preserve reserve sure. buy your mom some marmalade i don't remember where it is but it's you know there's a whole bunch whole inter- <laughs> yeah, in lyric form. But yeah, so you're going to have a lot of resources on how to exactly execute what you want to ex- execute on race day. Yeah. I'm so
2: sorry I gave you all these words and then didn't <laughs> answer your question nope, at all. They
1: were very helpful for... It's a world salad. But That's yeah, right. in defining it. And then, but just, just as, a, um, as a PS to that, sure. that, even on a race that goes haywire, that goes sideways, it's not a wasted race. If you are working towards a goal that does not have a deadline on it and you have a race that the wheels fall off the bus, What happened? How was my nutrition? How was my pace? How did I feel at the beginning? Did I let, you know, did I become the unicorn that I wasn't supposed to be and go off with the pack? Whatever it happens to be, there's always valuable information if that time is really your most important thing.
3: And I'm going to piggyback on that. It wasn't wasted training either. Yeah, exactly.
2: There's always data to be gleaned from the situation. We just take it and move on and maybe we find out something new tomorrow that will help you on race day. And if we don't, that's okay. It's just open to the possibility instead of like saying, Look, okay, I'm going to come out of this with three things. Ugh. That's 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 what the kind of thinking we really want to avoid. I call it productivity thinking. Um, it's like we just, we get what we get and we don't throw a fit and we don't worry about it. All right, so we got
0: one, time for one more question. Melinda, you want to take us across the finish line?
2: So
4: this will hopefully be a quick question, but I when I finish a race, I think I do a really good job of foci- focusing on the positive of what happened in the race, even
1: if, you know, it didn't, you know, meet other people's expectations. There are a small minority of other people out there they will be like, "Oh, you only got XYZ." I want a witty
4: comeback. Mm. I want to put that person in their place and be like, "I'm on cloud 9 and you can just go."
2: <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <A> little editing. <laughs> <Leap>. <laughs> Any to, others d- I
2: might just, be able to use in a workplace situation? I, I mean, <laughs> I, I screw you. Yeah, yeah. That was condescending and uncalled for. I worked for twenty weeks. I'm proud of this day. I'm proud of this moment. What have you done? In these past 20 weeks, to contribute to humanity, much less the betterment of my mindset, which you will not destroy with your comments.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I I think I hit a nerve.
1: And if you say it again, I'm gonna sick Coach MK on you.
2: <laughs> Watch
4: out.
1: <laughs> Can I
2: just comment for your you? Number onto them. Ch- no, you can just call them from, you know, go ahead. You all, Everybody that trains with me has my number. If it's not saved in your phone, I don't know why. That's very polite of you. But in those moments, feel free. Just be like, my coach, this guy just said this, and you might have something to say, and I will. At least <laughs> between now and February, um, I, I will probably be increasingly hormonal <laughs> and care way less than I even do now. <laughs> Happy to help.
0: Yeah, I mean, haters are going to hate, and I just... Um, I just is that think a Taylor Swift yeah, line. Yeah, it is. She oh. she told it to me mile twenty. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I just think too. we sometimes put so much out on social media, and it's so important to hold a nugget in you just keep back, hold it back and hold that pride and and take it and and you know shine it and take that positive nugget that you found and work on polishing it because as you look at the pictures a week later or you you know reflect look back onto some GPS data or whatever, you can find other pieces to you know that can be cloth that can can shine that until it's a bright gem that you just hold in your pocket and don't show it to anybody else and it's very valuable.
1: And my, uh, my take on this? is people usually um, are the haters when they're jealous. Mm -hmm. You ran a marathon. Oh, but you only went 4.54. That's so slow. Whatever it happens to be. Dude, like, they want to be out there. They want to be out running the marathon. There's something that's holding them back from it, whether it's physical, mental... Spiritual, whatever. And so, if you can kind of look at them with kindness and say, Wow, where is that coming from? Really? Or
3: sometimes there's and people that just can't feel joy for another person. Well, well if you can't. Thing, so what Don't, waste to, yeah. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Just and
2: walk if, away. And if you can't find kindness in those moments, I say be obnoxious. <laughs> There's a fabulous song. I was bullied really badly as a kid, like really seriously badly as a child. And one of the things that um, I learned to do very quickly was I would just start singing This Little Light of Mine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. And I would sing so loudly that I would usually, like no one ever did anything about the bullying, but I, if, if, if the, the, the singing would usually get me put into tension because I wouldn't stop, um, so in those moments, that might be what you have to do. If they say something terrible and you and you can't think of anything else to do, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine and go with it in that moment.
0: You're a good little singer, there, MK. Uh, I
2: sang that song a lot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think that's
2: the that's the note we are going to wrap on. Uh, th- <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thank and you. I, and this is why I respond so viscerally to that type of talk to bullying. I experienced it for a very long time and, and I just I just hate that. It per, it's pervasive in our adult lives too. Yeah,
0: yeah. So well thank thank you all. Uh, this podcast is a member of the ACAST network, and our show today was produced in Spokane, Washington by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Thank you, Alex. And <laughs> Woohoo uh, And uh, whatever race you are doing, many happy miles to you. May your little light shine all day long.